Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are glad to be back after a break that was much longer than we intended. Mm-hmm. Although, if you're listening to podcasts in the future, you won't even know. You won't even notice this. True. You won't even know there was a big break. So. True. We just had a, a lot of things happening in March and April, and are just now getting back to Yep. Um, where we were, so we want to finish <laughs> up First Kings today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in chapter 22, right? And we'll start with verse 29. Yep. So if you've been listening uh, just very recently, then you know that First Kings in First Kings 22, we've just seen how God has brought judgment on Ahab's house, and He's told Ahab what's going to happen two chapters ago when we went through. Then uh, this that there's judgment coming and his dynasty will be removed, obviously. Then we went through chapter 21 and we watched as once again judgment fell hard on Ahab because of his actually murdering someone to try and lay hold of his vineyard and all of the Christ types that are there, which are several. Uh, and so that was a big picture to us and then we went to 21 so now we've now we're in or i'm sorry 22 so now we're in a chapter that kind of mirrors the chapter we saw in 20 where there's a big battle against mm-hmm. syria and ahab has gone to seek some you know prophetic word about how it's going to go but he really only wants to hear one thing, obviously. Right. He only wants to hear good words about it. In the chapter, in chapter 20, he was told if he would do God's will, that they put God's will first, that word first, that uh, things would work out, that he would be successful, that mm-hmm. things could go well. But by the end of the chapter, we can see he's broken covenant with God and instead made covenant with Syrian king. And this is what's going to lead to ultimately his downfall. So he's going into this, he's going into this uh, battle in a similar way where he's trying to get prophetic word about right. what he's doing that it's going to go really well. But when he consults prophet of Yahweh at, at Jehoshaphat's request, uh, it is he's going to get a negative yeah. word from him, which is what we heard last time. Such an interesting story. Yeah, but, and, um, and as we went over that last time, we talked about that some with mm-hmm. the vision that the prophet saw in heaven, and how strange you know that it's weird for us to read that and um, see wow, what's going on here. It's very interesting, but that it all comes down to the fact that God has sent a lying prophet into all the mouths of. Ahab's prophet, a uh, lying spirit into all the mouths of Ahab's prophets who told Ahab he can go to battle and win. And he's going to believe them because that's what he wants to believe. So he's going to go out to battle and God has facilitated, if you will, his non-belief. He, he's determined to live it. He's determined to do that. So God's just going to use that then, his determination to bring about his downfall, which God has already prophesied. So, uh, so that's where we arrive here in verse 29, as we see them about to head off to battle, uh, having gotten these words from Yahweh's prophet and their multiple other false prophets. Uh, and Yahweh's prophet said, you won't come back from this. You won't live. You won't survive this. It was so much like um, Elijah on, mm-hmm. the, on Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. 400 line prophets right versus versus one, one that was yes. telling the truth yep it has that flavor too so no surprise that, that would come back on ahab's head 
uh, and so here we are um, about yeah, to see go into battle. the yep how this is going to work out finally at the end of first kings last chapter of first kings so all right here we go here we go Okay, I'll start by reading the passage, 1 Kings 20, uh, 22, verses 29 through 40. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to, the, to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you wear your robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the 32 captains of his chariots. Fight with neither small nor great, but only with the king of Israel. And when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, It is surely the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the scale armor and the breastplate. Therefore he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and carry me out of the battle, for I am wounded. And the battle continued that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians, until at evening he died. And the blood of the wound flowed into the bottom of the chariot. And about sunset a cry went through the army, Every man to his city and every man to his country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria, and they washed the chariot by the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and the prostitutes washed themselves in it, according to the word of the Lord that he had spoken. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab, and all that he did, and the ivory house that he built, and all the cities that he built, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers and Ahaziah his son reigned in his place hmm. wow that is one ugly statement about the end of your reign and it's not the way of course that Ahab wanted to see it go but God's word always comes true and so we're getting to he tried uh, to avoid it the ugly thing. he did everything he could to every way it. he could but and this is the and that's the funny thing about reading yeah. it because right because we're like why would you think that this would be that would work. a plan right. to get out of this? Have you ever been able to get out of God's word, you know? And, right. and certainly in such a weird kind of man's plan for how to try to see God kind of way. And yet that's the very thing, you know, we could we could go ahead and throw this all the way back to Genesis chapter right. 3. I was thinking the same thing. They tried Hiding to hide, hide behind, yes, their fig leaves, trying to put something together so that uh, so that what? So that they can be okay, uh, you know, somehow disguise what they God turn. won't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, surely. But they God always knows. God knows. And that's what's going to happen here. So, what's even stranger is that Jehoshaphat would go along with it, yeah. with this plan. It is strange. He's the one who has to talk to a prophet from Yahweh for sure, and uh, that he could be certain about right. it. And then when they got one, that prophet was extremely clear that Ahab will die today mm-hmm. and yet we see Jehoshaphat still here still going go into, into battle, battle with him, with him. And, and saying yeah I'll wear my kingly robes <laughs> and you idea. can I'll... put on all the armor 
knowing that he's yeah. putting, you, making you just himself dress a target. like a regular yeah. soldier, and I'll dress like a king. And what, what, what kind of good plan is this? Why does Josh Fat? What was said? I really want to know the conversation. The whole conversation what was said that made Josh Fat think, yeah, that this will work. This will be a good plan. Let's do this. Um, some way Ahab made him think this was a reasonable plan, and so sure enough, he dresses like his like a king, and Ahab, as it says, disguises himself. Verse thirty: I'll disguise myself and go in into battle, and so that's what he does. Well, this takes us back to the other story too, because in chapter twenty, Yahweh sent someone in disguise to Ahab. Right, exactly. and Ahab didn't realized the disguise and instead had a word of judgment pronounced on him god's word brought to him so it was god's it was like god disguising himself because it was god coming and speaking to him god was disguised ahab didn't know it ahab wound up basically pronouncing his own judgment which is how that story went he said something to the guy about well then you you sealed your own fate and i guess you know i did i'm not stepping in for you well in saying that he actually committed himself and that's when the prophet revealed who he was and said that's what's going to happen to you so here now apparently <laughs> Ahab is like hey it worked on me I'm going to turn it back around on God I don't know what he's thinking it's the weirdest thing ever Why? I think it's so interesting how often that comes up in scripture though yeah that people are in disguises disguises yeah dressing a different way trying to look different so that you're not yeah it comes up so often so often, and uh, and sometimes it's a bad guy doing it, and sometimes it's a good person doing it. Right. Um, and so this is another one of those times. Um, he tries to disguise himself; it's not going to work. So whenever you try and dis- again, our juxtaposition here: whenever you try and disguise yourself in light of what God's bringing mm-hmm. upon you, it's not going to work. Right. You God, can't trick you God. can't trick God. God <laughs> knows what He's doing. He can trick you. But you can't trick him, right. uh, and so, so that's what is going to happen here as we continue to read, as you've already read for us. Um, and the king of Syria ordered that they not even really fight with yeah. anybody except the king of Israel. He wants his he his wants commanders only fighting out. with yes, the king of Israel. So not even the king of Judah. So when they go after a king, as soon as these thirty-two captains again, thirty-two is another tie-in to chapter twenty, uh, chapter twenty, verse one. We found out they were fighting thirty-two kings slash commanders uh, for Syria, mm-hmm. and so here again, thirty-two captains. So there's our tie-in, and then they start going after the one who looks like he's dressed as a king on the battlefield because that go after the commander i mean cut the head off the snake as it were and they see it uh and try and do away with this army that we're fighting against well they've been given strict orders to only fight with the king of israel then in verse 32 when the captains of the chariots saw jehoshaphat they said it's surely the king of israel and turned to fight against him Jehoshaphat cried out, like you said to me earlier. Something about this. Right. I don't know what he off. said. We don't know. I'm, I'm not Ahab. I don't know what he said. But, but for some reason, in verse 33, and when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. In some way, they get the, they, they get the truth out. You know, understand right. the truth that this is not Israel's king. Right. And that's the one. It's interesting after. to me because 
like I can understand now we would have pictures up, you know, most yeah. wanted. But they didn't have pictures. No, exactly. So I don't know that they knew what he looked like, every one of them. Some of right. them may have. Some of but... them may have, but yeah, surely not every one. Mm-hmm. And yet they do know in some way that, oh yeah, okay, this is this wrong. Is we shouldn't be going after yeah. this guy. So they turn uh, and and start moving a different way. Now they still haven't gotten their objective which is the king of Israel, but they know this is not it. So they go the other way. But then verse 34 jumps in with, but a certain man drew his bow, as it says in the ESV, at random and struck the king of Israel, Ahab, between his scale armor and the breastplate. And therefore he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and carry me out of the battle for I am wounded. It's going to turn out to be a mortal wound. Uh, so we know he's wounded like this, but the interesting part is, man, yep. and he's doing it at random, which I have a note in my study Bible that is, it could be in his innocence. Yeah. In innocence. In other words, he didn't, he, didn't even he wasn't setting out to kill the king of Israel. That wasn't what he was doing. He was just fighting in the battle. So he draws his bow, shoots an arrow into the battle. And, and it happens to it be. It just happens to, yep. So any reader who knows anything about how to read scripture and you should see straight through this through the sovereignty of God. Right. God can use any God, anybody on the battlefield to do his will. Turn uh, around an arrow in midair. That's right. And make it go where it's supposed to go. Make it go where he wants. And so this guy's just, he's a pawn in the hand of God and God is able to use his uh, random quote unquote arrow shot into the air to be the one that that mortally wounds uh, this king that he has predicted will die today. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, that's exactly the the king is wounded badly, says, turn back from the battle, I'm wounded. And and they go back to the to a place where they can face, kind of face the battle, and they prop him up in the chariot. While he bleeds out. Yeah. And and the propping up of the king is actually for the obviously for the the soldiers themselves. Yeah. So the they won't get disheartened. They feel like their king is still with them, but he bleeds out anyway. He dies and says, as soon Feels as he like dies. Feels like a movie. I mean, oh, very much so. <laughs> it does. Very yeah. dramatic. Oh yeah. And so at sunset, when everybody realizes he's dead, a cry goes through the army: "Every man to his city, and every man to his country." Retreat. Retreat. Every man leave. Every man go home. We can't win this. Now that's the idea, and this takes us right back to chapter. Uh, to earlier in the chapter, verse 17, when Micaiah said, I saw all Israel scattered all the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. Right. And the exactly. Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his home in peace. And that's kind of where we are here. This is no more war. We're not, we don't know why we're battling today or there's no one to battle for. Everybody home. We've lost, you know, this battle. So that's what's happened. Sure enough, the Lord's word has come true. And the king of Israel is dead, uh, and the and the people are like a bunch of shepherdless sheep now if they don't have a king. Yeah, and now dogs are licking up his blood, which is also what we had heard uh, the pronouncement before about God. This was how he pronounced uh, that Ahab's death would result in um, his blood being licked up by the dogs. So sure enough, that's what they're doing. Whenever they take and wash out the chariot, the king's blood, they're going to wash the king's 
fly down the chariot and when they do dogs come along and lick it up as gross as this is yeah and prostitutes wash themselves in it yeah it's it's all just very graphic yeah um now, the prostitutes, just to clarify for everybody, the prostitutes aren't specifically washing themselves in the blood. They're washing themselves in the water where the right. blood was washed off. And right. so, you know, still gross. I mean, it's still gross. Still gross. <laughs> I just want to be, yeah. It's, it's not a part of, you know, they didn't come along and see a pool of blood and go, hey, let's wash up. Um, but they are yeah, actually, by doing this, they're actually washing up in the blood of Ahab. And this itself is very disturbing. And, and it's because they themselves, you know, they're prostitutes, and that's what Ahab has always caused Israel to do, right. to act as a prostitute before God. Right. And so it's caused blood, needless bloodshed, you know, mm-hmm. they, they've spilled blood, um, Ahab spilled blood, Israel has followed in the prostitute's footsteps, and so they're covered in the blood of Ahab. Right. It's a it's very metaphorical way <laughs> of saying Israel has gone so far astray, look how right. off the beaten path they are. So Ahab has died, and Ahaziah, his son, is going to reign in his place. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that God has told Ahab that his um, the dynasty is going to end, with but the, he wasn't going to do it in Ahab, but yeah. through his son. So, yep. Um, yep. So, chapter 21 had told us at the end of 21 that it would happen in his son's generation, that the dynasty would end in his son's generation. Which is very interesting because, well, and that was a that was a mercy on God's yeah. part. God was, God said, "Oh look, Ahab's acting kind of dejected. Look at him. He seems to be a little repentant. bit of remorse. Yeah. So I won't bring this terrible disaster about in his day, the end of his dynasty. I'll wait until right. the subsequent generation. So Ahaziah is the son who's coming to the throne. His number one son, his oldest son, is Ahaziah. So that's right. what we're seeing in verse forty. Now we get, though, as, as Kings does, where it now the next one who will come to the throne in Judah is going to, is uh, Jehoshaphat, or Jehoshaphat's already on the throne in Judah. He's, we've seen him do this little battle here, right. but now we're going to hear about, specifically hear about his reign uh, in Judah right here in verses 41 through 50. So that should be our next reading. I think. All right. How are we? Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, began to reign over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azabah, the daughter of Shilhah. He walked in all the way of Asa, his father. He did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Yet the high places were not taken away. And the people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. Now, the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might that he showed and how he warred, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And from the land he exterminated the remnant of the male cult prostitutes who remained in the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom. A deputy was king. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they did not go, for the ships were wrecked at Ezion-Geber. Then 
Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat was not willing. And Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his place. So Jehoshaphat, who we know is a good king. I mean, that's what we count him as when we're looking at right. uh, the kings of one Israel of the few. Judah. He's one of the few good kings uh, in Israel. And his dad is also pretty good. He just, mm-hmm. he had some failings, certainly toward the end of his life, but a lot of his life was spent uh, doing good and doing reforms uh, in Israel. He was considered a good king, generally speaking, on most, on a lot of lists. Uh, it uses the word good about him. So, whenever... And it says that, you know, Jehoshaphat did what was right in mm-hmm. the sight of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then it says a yet. So there's still yeah. some things he didn't quite get the truck that he never uh, quite got in place. He, uh, the high places weren't taken away. Mm-hmm. And people were still sacrificing and making offerings there. Mm-hmm. And it also says Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel, which we just saw. Didn't go well. Right. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to do that. Right. And yet he is going to turn around and still be, you know, left with an option of possibly making even peace with Ahaziah, his son. Right. Um, which he's not going to do here. Right. I guess or he learned his not lesson gonna, at not least. Gonna, not going to be in yeah, concert with him here. Um, but uh, he hasn't learned all his lessons yet, apparently, because we'll see that in Second Kings, early in Second right. Kings. Yeah. He's got some weak spots. Yeah, <laughs> and, and mostly it seems, every time you look at this, that they have everything to do with often wanting unity over righteousness that sometimes he will he would he would like to it seems get back in fellowship slash covenant whatever mm-hmm. with his israelite brothers to the north which seems like Even, a good thing it is good exactly that's a good okay. thing but not at the cost of the not at the cost of idolatry i mean right. if it's, if it's going to pull you into idolatry you right. can't do it it's going to pull you into their way of thinking you can't do it and that's what it seems like Jehoshaphat is willing to do sometimes, which gets him in trouble. Jehoshaphat means Yahweh judges or judgment of Yahweh, something to that effect. Uh, and so um, he is seeking to do what's right by his people and um, by Yahweh. And I think that's really generally what we see in him. He comes to power when he's 35. He's going to reign for 25 years, it tells us in verse 42. And he walked in the way of his father Asa and, and did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But like you said, yet all the high places are not taken away and people are still making offerings on the high places. Um, it does say, though, in verse uh, 46, mm-hmm. that he exterminated mm-hmm. the remnant of the male cult. I can't say it. Uh-huh. Male cult prostitutes. Yep. Who mm-hmm. were still there after Asa had Even reigned? After his father so, had reigned, yeah. So he did take care gone. of that. Yep. He didn't so take down really all the high further, places, but he's still gone further than his dad. Even right. I have not still addressed everything, um, which is too bad. But still, he's trying to be a good king. And so this, and this is. This is our evaluation. We have a short evaluation here in Kings of Jehoshaphat's reign as a whole. Right. See, like I said, Jehoshaphat's going to come yeah, up Yeah, we're again, still going to hear about him. But in light of other kings and what they're doing and how he's 
interact. Coming in, in yeah, coming into interaction with them. Here, though, this is our this is King's evaluation specifically of Jehoshaphat's reign in Judah, and so generally, it's a good evaluation. Right. That's what we have here. This is generally speaking a good evaluation. Now, if we were to go over to Chronicles, we'd have a much larger block of material. We have four chapters in Chronicles devoted to Jehoshaphat. This is very short compared to what we're very well, short compared yeah. to what we have over there. So, um, so if you want to get a lot more into it, obviously that's where you need to go and look a lot more because it's going to get a lot more detailed and show how he had some really good points um, about his reign and what he did um, in Israel. He also had his foibles, like right. we see here. It ends this one. King ends with this. Uh, paragraph that sounds interestingly very much like very much like first kings 9 26 through 28 right. solomon he's building ships solomon's right. building ships at easy and geber and then he's using them to go get old gold of ophir mm -hmm. which is exactly what which we was see happening, the uh, beginning of some here. bad stuff for solomon yes that's because that's in a going part of solomon where things yes he is really kind of getting off the rails there and becoming greedy and acquiring as much gold as he can, which he, we know is not what he's supposed to do. We know that very specifically from Deuteronomy. So so it seems like when we read this, we should kind of be like, uh-oh, what is he doing? Hey, he's starting to sound like Solomon. What's happening? Well, then the ships are wrecked and and Ethan and Geber, and we find out in, at, there at the end of verse 38, Ahaziah, Ahab's son, comes and says, Hey, let my men go with your men when they go down there. And we'll get that gold from Welfare. And Jehoshaphat says, You know what? No, this was a bad idea. I'm not doing it. So he, so he says, No, we're not going to do that. Well, that's probably the best decision he could have made. What it doesn't tell us here is what it tells us in 2 Chronicles 20, 35 through 37, where it covers the same material, mm -hmm. which is that God was the one who wrecked the ships. Yeah. And it was because he did not want Jehoshaphat to go yeah. for the gold. Go after that Go gold. for the gold. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and this had to, I, I guess I'm, like when I'm reading it, it feels really weird. Like, why is this here? Mm -hmm. It's a weird little story. Mm -hmm. And it, but it had to have happened right after Ahab died, you, not long after, right, because because Ahaziah is only on the throne for two years, right? right? Yeah. So I guess this was their one big interaction. Yep. And it's telling us that Jehoshaphat knew that wasn't wise to team up with him. Yes. Or to go for gold. Yes. Um, and then. And then it sounds like Jehoshaphat died right away, which he didn't. Right. Probably. Makes it sound that way. But, but yeah, he doesn't die right away. It's just weird um, the way it says Jehoshaphat was not willing. And Jehoshaphat slept, Jehoshaphat slept, slept with, with his fathers and was buried. So right. it wasn't quite that No, soon. I don't think it was like, that's the last choice you made. And then we went to his right. death. No, I don't think so either. And, Jehoshaphat but this was is... still reigning for several more years. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Several more years. And I think this was the... Um, way of this is just the way that this author has been inspired to encapsulate Jehoshaphat's mm -hmm. reign this is what we have this author is like look I'm not giving you everything but I'm giving you the salient points that I'm supposed to give you so that's what we wind up reading about Jehoshaphat how he was basically good even though he had a couple of 
couple of bad decisions, but then he seems to be kind of learning his lesson, maybe by the time we get to the end of this. Uh, and then we go to verse 51 through 53, which is how First Kings ends. So let's read about it. Ahaziah's reign. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria in the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned two years over Israel. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father, and in the way of his mother, and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. He served Baal, and worshipped him, and provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger in every way that his father had done. That's not a good review. No, it's a terrible, terrible review. To, he provoked the Lord to anger in every way that his father had done. And if you, Ahab was bad. Bad dude, so. bad dude. And like you had already said to me in verse 52, he did what was evil inside of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Man, it is not letting us forget any of that. His mom and dad were both evil. Yeah. And Most of them say he, they walked in the way of his father. Yeah. But this one but this includes one mom. <laughs> Jezebel was a big part of this influence on this young man's life. And it has really put him in a bad way. And so in his two years, he is. All we know, you know, that's what we're given. In his two years, he's very evil. He's doing right. terrible things. He's continuing down the same road and instilling the same idol worship that his... Yeah, Jeroboam is the one who made the golden calves. Yeah, Jeroboam made the golden calves. And then Ahab and Jezebel did all they could to establish Baal and Asherah worship as strongly as possible. And he apparently is doing all of that. He's just continuing in all of that. Um, And God is obviously not going to let this continue for long. So he just provoked God to anger until God is going to, in even his second year, um, take him out. And just like God said, uh, the very next generation, well, that's what we see happening. The next generation is being destroyed for their evil and for the whole dynasty's evil. Right. This dynasty evil. will come to an end. Yeah. Now, there will be one more in the Amr dynasty on the throne, but he's not a future generation. He's still that same generation. Right. He is... Ahaziah's brother. There's still one younger brother who can take the throne. Which we'll talk about in the next podcast because that one, it's very confusing how it says that to me. Right. We have to have a long (laughs) discussion about that already. So, yeah, so we start 2 Kings Mm -hmm. and the next one. and Which is um, all about Ahaziah's death, except at the very end, like you're saying, it does bring up the human successor. Can we sort that out a little bit? So we'll get. The more information about about Ahaziah uh, as we go into the next podcast. Yeah. Um, and I just want to also say we're just going to do one podcast a week for at least the foreseeable future. Right. And see how that goes. So look for those on what Mondays. Mm-hmm. Monday probably probably Monday would be good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Great to see everybody. Hope you have a great day and we will be talking to you uh, very soon. God bless everyone and uh, stay in your Bible, of course.